The Franklin Church of Christ wants to thank you for joining us in this study from God's Word. In this lesson, Edwin Crozier takes a look at the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Open your Bible and follow along as we ask, how will you respond to God's invitation? Once upon a time, there was a king. This king was very excited. He was about to have a very special day. His son, the crown prince, was going to be married. And the king was excited and he wanted all others to be excited with him. And so he was going to throw a party. He was going to have a big feast. And he sent his messengers out to invite the folks of the land to come in and to enjoy and to celebrate the wedding of his son with him. And he sent the messengers out and they went to folks and some of them ignored the message. Others, amazingly enough, became angry and attacked the messengers. The king, outraged, sent his army to destroy those who ignored and attacked his invitation. And then he sent more messengers out and he sent them out to the good and the evil of the land to everyone in the highways and byways and said, come celebrate my son's wedding with me. And many came. But another strange thing occurred. When he came into the wedding feast, there was a man who came and was trying to partake of the feast, but he was not dressed in the wedding clothes with which he should have dressed. He came in just in his normal clothes. And that man he had gagged and bound and cast out because he was not celebrating the wedding of his son. I'm sure most of you know that I didn't make that story up, but rather it's a story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. I understand in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 1 through 14 that the initial intention of this story was to describe the Jews and their rejection of God's invitation and how God would destroy them as took place in A.D. 70. And that he would invite, after the Jews rejected him, he would invite all Jew and Gentile into his family. I understand that. And yet I also recognize that as we look at Matthew chapter 22, this is not just some story about some king who had some wedding feast. This story is about us. We are in Matthew chapter 22. We're not the king, that represents God the Father. And we're not the prince who is getting married, that represents God the Son, Jesus Christ. Rather, we are the ones to whom God has issued the invitation. You are invited. The question is, how are you responding to the invitation that God has extended to you? Which person are you in this story? In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 5, we find out about one group who received the invitation. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, we are invited. Will we ignore the invitation? In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 5, some say that they paid no attention and they went their way, one to his own farm, another to his business. They had pressing matters and things they wanted to take care of, and so they were unconcerned about the king and his joy and about the prince and his upcoming wedding. They ignored the invitation that had been extended to them. 
What about us? We have been invited to celebrate with our Father in Heaven and His Son. We've been invited to come to the feast with them and to enjoy it. Will we ignore the invitation? I know that you've got things on your mind. I know that you've got work that you've got to get done. You've got family that you've got to deal with. You've got things that you have to accomplish. There's so much here. And why on earth would we want to be distracted with pie in the sky and the great by and by when there's so much dessert to be had right now and here on the earth? But God is offering us the greatest of invitations. And we must respond to it. We must not ignore it. The outcome will not be pleasant if we turn our back on God's invitation. And in just a moment, we'll find out what that outcome will be. But first, we need to look at the next group and what they did. In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 6, the rest seized his slaves and mistreated them and killed them. What will you do with the invitation of God? Will you attack it? I'm amazed that this group of people, they did not ignore the invitation to the wedding feast. They paid a great deal of attention to it. And I don't understand why anyone would get so upset about eating, but they did. And they attacked the messengers and they killed them. Will you attack God's invitation? Do you find that you get angry at God's messengers as they extend the invitation? Do you find that you get upset when the truth is taught? Do you ever teach something that can't be found in the Word of God instead of teaching what God's Word has said? Do you find that you leave assemblies such as this berating and belittling those who have accepted God's invitation and belittling the message that has been preached in songs and prayers and in teaching and through the Lord's Supper? Does what we do here upset you? If it does, be very careful because you are attacking the invitation of God. And notice very carefully what happens to those who ignore and those who attack God's invitation. In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 7, it says that the king was enraged and he sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and set their city on fire. We must understand that we may ignore and we may attack God's invitation, but that does not relieve us of responsibility for doing what is right. God will hold us accountable. And when we are ignoring or attacking the invitation that God has extended to us, we are not just neglecting the grace that He is offering to us, we are inviting his wrath upon us. Look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5, the Scripture reads, This is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment, so that you will be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which indeed you are suffering. 
For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels and flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power when He comes to be glorified in His saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who have believed. For our testimony to you was believed. The wrath of God is coming. His judgment will come upon those who have ignored and attacked His invitation. And notice the type of language that is used. Penalty retribution, flaming fire, repay with affliction, eternal destruction. This is what awaits those who ignore and those who attack the invitation of God. But there's another response, a very interesting response, a surprising response. There are some who neither ignore nor attack but they fake it. That's what we find in Matthew chapter 22, verse 11. When the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed in wedding clothes. And he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What is going on here? What is this teaching us as we look at this parable? Here is the person that did not ignore the invitation. He did not attack the invitation. He responded to the invitation and yet not fully. As he came to the wedding feast for the king and his son, he was not there to rejoice with the king. He was not there to submit to the king. He was there for himself. And while he put on a good show of responding to the invitation of God, He was still focused on his own will instead of on the will of the king who had invited him. And so he did not come in submitting and putting on the wedding clothes that he was supposed to put on in order to celebrate the wedding of the son. He was faking it. Trying to get by with as little as possible. What will you do with God's invitation? This, I think, is perhaps the most frightening. Because most of us who are here this morning, we've not ignored the invitation. We've not attacked the invitation. But are we faking it? Do we come to church but not worship in spirit and in truth? Do we listen to the teaching but not apply it in our daily lives? Do we eat the bread and drink the juice, but not discern our head, Jesus Christ? Do we sing the songs, but not, without, but not with spirit and understanding? Do we devote Sunday morning to the Lord, but the rest of the week is our own? Do we find that we get upset when we hear over and over again the encouragement that we've got to be better Bible students and we've got to pray more and we've got to spend more time with our brethren? Do we get upset 
when preachers and elders tell us that we need to be back on Sunday night and Wednesday night and gospel meetings and Bible classes? Do we get upset and wish that folks would just leave us alone? After all, I got baptized and I come to church sometimes, what more do you want from me? Do you ever feel like that? Because if that's how we feel, we're like this wedding guest. We want the grace. We want the joy. We want to be there with the feast with the King, but we don't want to be changed by the invitation. We don't want to actually fully submit and be there to rejoice with the Lord. We still want what we want. And even what we do is not really about serving the King. It's still about just serving us. How many people today want the grace of Christ, but they don't want to change? And so they're faking it. What happens to that man? Verse 13 of Matthew 22, Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, throw him into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28? As He gave the Great Commission. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18, Jesus came up and spoke to them. Matthew 28 verse 18. All authority has been given to Me in heaven and on earth. He said, Go therefore and make disciples, verse 19, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But He didn't stop there. Verse 20 teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What makes us a disciple? Not just some kind of response to the Gospel, not just getting baptized, but being taught and accepting the teaching to submit to all the commands of the Lord. We've got to dress in the wedding clothes. And that's not about what we wear to services. That's about how we live. How will you respond to God's invitation? Will you ignore it? Will you attack it? Will you fake it? Or will you accept it? Will you be changed by it? That's what God wants. In Matthew chapter 22... Verse 8, after he had judged those who ignored and attacked, the king said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all they found, both evil and good, and the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. Here were people that they found that were willing to celebrate with the king to rejoice with the king in his wedding of his son. They were not here to receive just the benevolence of the king. They were here to submit to him and honor the king and to honor his son and to rejoice in what was taking place with the prince. They had not been prepared before that time to be at a wedding. But they received the invitation and they were changed by it. And that is exactly where we 
need to be. We need to be changed by God's invitation. Do you realize what an amazing thing it is that God has invited us? In Romans chapter 3, beginning at verse 8, beginning at verse 9 rather, Romans chapter 3 and verse 9, Paul said, What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. Not even one. Verse 11. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. In the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Down in verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's where we are. The king had said regarding those who would not accept his invitation, they were not worthy, but guess what? We are no more worthy than they were. There are none worthy. We deserve that same judgment mentioned in Matthew 22 and verse 7 as the king sends out his armies to destroy. And yet, despite how we have lived, whether evil or good, by the judgment of men, He has invited us. That's powerful. And the grace and the mercy that He extends to us through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, it should not cause us to become complacent or apathetic. It should not cause us to become arrogant or proud. It should humble us and bring us to submission. It should change us that despite our unworthiness, He has offered this grace to us and allowed us to come in. I think of a man who heard this invitation in Acts chapter 9 as he was on the road to Damascus. Talk about somebody who was unworthy. Saul, who had been persecuting the church on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, sees the light. And here's the voice of Jesus. And Jesus says, I want you to go into Damascus. And within the next few days, somebody's going to come and they're going to tell you what you need to do. And Ananias came and taught him. And he said, Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. And Saul not only accepted that invitation, but he was changed by that invitation. And we can look in Philippians chapter 3. And we can see the change that Saul underwent. It wasn't just a change of his name from Saul to Paul. However, the change of that name demonstrates that he was a new man. He was not the same man he was before he became a Christian. In Philippians chapter 3, Verse 3, he says, For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more 
circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless. What a man Saul was under the old covenant in the community of the Jews. Look at what all he had going for him as this great persecutor of the church, as a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the man. And yet he found out that it was all wrong. And despite his unworthiness, he received the invitation. And what does he say in Philippians 3 and verse 7? Whatever things were gained to me, those things I've counted as lost for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ and I may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul said, I was willing to give up everything. God gave me this invitation to come to the feast with Him to celebrate His Son and the wedding of His Son. And I wanted that more than anything else. And so I gave up everything that got in the way. All that was gained to me, I gave it up. We see this described in Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus spoke about those who would be changed by the invitation. He taught us this by actually talking about those who weren't changed. He says, he who lo- in Matthew 10, verse 37, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. When we hear that invitation... We ought to be humbled and submit. Willing to give up everything in order to submit and be what God has asked us to be. Though it causes division in family between parents and children, between brothers and sisters, between friends and neighbors and co-workers, even between husband and wife, He's invited us to the feast. And what an amazing invitation that is. Paul said, everything that was gained to me in this life, I was willing to let it go in order to know Christ, in order to have that resurrection. He said, I wasn't going to fake it. I wasn't going to come in and try to maintain both at the same time. I was willing to give it up. What will you do with the invitation that God has offered? Will you ignore it? Will you attack it? Will you fake it? Or will you respond to it?
allowing it to change your life. The decision is yours. Thanks, Edwin, for that interesting perspective on God's invitation. And thank you for listening to this study in God's Word. Remember what we learned today. God has invited you to His celebration. How will you respond to God's invitation? Will you ignore it? Will you attack it? Will you fake it? Or will you accept God's invitation being changed by it? If you have any questions about the Franklin Church of Christ, about this lesson, or about responding to God's invitation, please call us at 615-794-2359 or contact us through our website at franklinchurchofchrist.com. Thank you and may God bless you.